607 podcast to bring you our takes and opinions on all things pro wrestling. It's time for 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast or anywhere you get great podcasts by listening or just by searching for 607 TWS. And of course, we are live in the 8122 production studios at Dragon Master Games. I am one of your hosts here at Six One Podcast on Twitch, and also the host of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me in the co-pilot chair as he does each and every week, the other host here at Six One Podcast on Twitch. But you better know him as the host of the Ocho Toro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. Happy holidays, 607 Podcast fam. What's happening? What's going on? What's good? Are we ready to talk some wrestling? Happy holidays indeed. And yes, I'm ready to talk some wrestling. After it was, It's been a long week. I was in uh, Pittsburgh for yeah. the, the weekend. So lots of driving. I'm tired, but I'm here. I'm here. I'm back. Go back to work tomorrow. Work three days. Then I'm off until the new year. Pretty awesome stuff. That's some dope. Vacation time. That's very dope. Uh, which I'll be putting to good use because we'll be doing stuff for the streams and for the podcast. And I also got to do it around my house and the studio and all sorts of crazy stuff. So I got, I'm going to fill up that week pretty good. But with that being said, it was a good time in Pittsburgh. Got to see them in Pittsburgh Steelers. Got to take my kid to a uh, his first NFL How game. cool, man. That How was pretty cool. awesome. And to his favorite team. Now, my wife enjoyed uh, twirling around. Hey! Hey! Post the timeline. Subscribe with Prime. Oh, man. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get it busted. Get it a second. It's been a hot minute. And drop. Yes. Thank you for the Prime subscription. Thank you as always, brother. Uh, he says, what up, guys? Just watch the Browns take a L. Uh, that's good for me because I'm a Raiders fan. So <laughs> Yeah, well, they're on uh, QB number three this week. So it was a rough one for Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Cleveland is Cleveland definitely had a lot going on. The Raiders are dropping the ball anyways. But you know what? I should have picked them over the Patriots as my lead. We all should have. But unfortunately, I picked the Patriots as my leap. Thought that was a good idea. I picked the Steelers only because I was going to be at the Steelers game. And I'm like, ah, what do I have to lose? And the Steelers win and the Patriots lose. Although, who would have thought Detroit? Was gonna yo, be the Arizona Cardinals. Yo, but yeah, we went. Uh, we went there. It was good times. Like I said, my wife loved twirling around the uh, terrible towel. She got good at it by the <laughs> end of the game. Uh, there is an art form to twirling a terrible towel. Believe it or not, I know. I believe it. I mean, it was getting stuck in my gloves. Uh, Punch time. I says Cardinals fan here. That hurts, man. I'm sorry, man. It just happened. As a matter of fact, I was in. So I was in Pittsburgh at the game. So I wasn't watching the game. We were just seeing the the, the stuff on the scoreboard because they didn't even show highlights in the in, in the Steelers stadium before. We just kept seeing the score, and I'm not looking at my phone because I'm enjoying the game. And like it keeps coming up, and I'm like, how the fuck are so me and me and the kid are both like, you know what? Uh, obviously, the starters are out for the Cardinals, and then we found out not so much. I was like, ooh. Yeah, you know what? Everybody has a bad game sometimes, and I, I let's put it this way: it's better to get that bad game out now mm-hmm. than in the playoffs. No, the Cardinals are that. still a playoff team. It's, it's, it's they're going to win. It's okay. 
So you have nothing to worry about. My Raiders, on the other hand, <gasps> probably not. The Steelers, eh, I mean, technically they could, but eh, probably not. Uh, by the way, Lou says, Lou's in the chat, GC Dub, GC Dub, GC Dub. Don't worry, we'll be giving you some GC Dub, that's for sure. Yes. But uh, that was my weekend in Pittsburgh, had a good time, did watch GC Dub from a hotel room. Uh, I watched most of it uh, at that night, but then fell asleep, and then mm. watched the rest on Saturday. I watched some other uh, great wrestling action on IWTV, we'll talk about that. Got, got a lot of stuff in while I was out of town. I uh, hope you had a good week, Ken M. Yeah, it's been a little crazy with everything going on, uh, you know, work-wise, which I won't get into, but trying to catch up on wrestling. Got some lot of stuff lined up this week for Parlay Points, so new comics blocks are dropping, and boom. yeah, just tidying up ODPH business, too. You see what I did there? Pun intended, because I'm sure there's a Boom Studios review coming. Yes, there is. Ah, look at that. My look. puns are on time. And Love how you work that, yeah. Working the magic. Anyways, with that being said, though... Uh, why don't you tell the fine folks, so we can jump into business of wrestling, why don't you tell the fine folks how to find yourself in the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast there. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com, where we always say join the conversation on our social media accounts. The whole panel is right there, so we definitely want to interact with you. Check out Parlay Points, new comics, blogs, plural, plural dropping this week. See, I'm so amped up to talk about it. I just stumbled my words. But I got a lot of good stuff coming this week on that. Maybe a new blogs count anywhere, too. Talking, uh, I'm going to hold down the suspense. So if you want to talk some pro wrestling, we're doing that too. T Public Store, new designs are up right now. So definitely go on and swing on over to the store and go cop some gear. All that and so much more. ODPHpodcast.com. Of course, if you want to find out anything about the Three Vendors Podcast, go to 8122productions.com. That's all the listings there. You can stand more. We have a T Public Store up there as well. Also, links to this Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash 67podcast. Links to the Patreon, patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of bonus content. You can find out about the Three Vendors Podcast, Horror Zone 607 and this show 607 TWS they're friends of the show like the ODPH Sci-Fi Horror Fest local sponsors and more uh, music everything a one-stop shop for everything mm -hmm. 8122 Productions over there 8122productions.com of course uh, if you want you make sure you're following us right here on Twitch if you're listening in podcast form and you're not following Twitch what are you waiting for? seriously follow us on Twitch because there's a lot of cool stuff coming up you're definitely going to want to be a part of some of our wrestling pay-per-view chats because they're a lot of fun we had a blast for the Ring of Honor Final Battle one we'll be back in the new year because I, I think we don't have a live one to do until the new year I think the right. first one is going to be the Night of Champions uh, AEW style or whatever they're calling it yes it is is the Battle of the Belts, and yes. that's going to be January 5th, I believe. January 8th. Or 8th, I'm sorry. the 5th is the first episode of Dynamite on TBS. The 8th is the first T as a Saturday, first TNT special. Uh, so we'll be uh, live doing that. We will not be doing WWE because we are doing their stuff live anyways, uh, except for NXT. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll also be out of town because on the 31st and 1st, I'll be in Atlantic City, New Jersey for GCW Game Changer Wrestling's yes. big year-end spectacular I'll also be uh, footing uh, for the uh, January 23rd in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. So there you go. Uh, but for all that more movie nights and everything, you want to be tuned into 607 TBS. Of course, you can subscribe just like uh, Punch the Timeline did. We always appreciate Prime subscriptions. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Prime subscription a month. You can gift that to us. It costs you absolutely nothing, and it means the world to us. Or absolutely. you can just subscribe, and we enjoy that too. Or if you just want to listen, we're here for that. That's what we're really here for, so that's cool. And, of course, if you really, really, really want to make my day, you can tip us over at streamlabs.com slash 607 podcast. Thanks. Uh, a little, little plug skis out of the way, Ken M. But uh, we've got, we, we don't have a ton, a ton of news. Right. But we still have a lot to talk about. And I know this is definitely your favorite time of the show. So, without further ado, it's time! It's 
time to kick off this episode of 607 TWS, and we are going to kick off in the opening bout talking about one of the biggest news stories in the world of professional wrestling, and that, of course, is the fact that Kevin Owens has come to terms on a new contract with World Wrestling Entertainment. Ooh. Now, I am never the one to say I told you so. Facts. But I have been on this podcast for months. Mm-hmm. And everybody was going, but Kevin Owens is going to leave to go to AEW. Kevin Owens is going to do what everybody else did, go with his friends, go to AEW. And I said, no, 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 I would wait. I think he's just going to stay. And I was told that I was wrong and everything else. Guess who wasn't wrong? <laughs> That's right. I'm saying I told you so. Damn it, I'm taking a victory lap <laughs> on this one. I, listen, and he signed for the exact reasons I said he was going to resign with WWE. You have to remember, there's different motivations in the professional wrestling business. And whether, you know, as a fan, as a greedy fan, would I have loved to see uh, Kevin Owens go to AEW? Yes, because that means he could work indie shows. Mm-hmm. So I'd be one step closer to seeing Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen once again in live and in person. But let's face the facts. It is a business. Wrestling is a business. And he made a business decision that was for him and his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the rumored, before we get into uh, uh, the contract situation, the rumor is it's a multi-year contract. And the new deal is reportedly for three years for 2 to $3 million per year. By the way, that is base salary. That is what he's guaranteed. That does not include royalties, incentives, and bonuses. That is just the guaranteed end. Two to three million a year for three years. That's fantastic. Woo! I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm not going to turn that down. And, of course, there's the famous video going around now with the uh, heckling fans, heckling about going to AEW. Well, he's got Roman Reigns in a headlock, and he's yelling out, I made 35 k in royalties this this past week. Just royalties alone, plus another 11 to 12. And he's like, how much do you make a year? And the lady's like, 27. Oh, 27,000. Are you good with making that a year? I make more than that in a week. <laughs> and I made the wrong decision. I mean, once again, it comes into play of what your motivations are in the business. If your motivation is to be a pro wrestler and to work on the scene and everything like that, and you have an artistic value, then you can go to a place like All Elite Wrestling where you can get a solid paycheck, but then you can also work the indies. That's the reason why I said that maybe, maybe Johnny Gargano would end up saying there, which is looking more likely he's just going to work independent. Yeah. There is even a possibility that he'll go back to WWE just waiting for his kid to be born. He has a pro wrestling t-shirt up. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on an AIW show or or something to that extent. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, once again, I do believe that Kyle Riley's all elite. Yeah, he's, he's I feel he's like that's going to happen. But Sami Zayn is looking more and more like he's resigning. The rumor is he already did, but mm-hmm. th- I, there's nothing official yet. Since it's a publicly traded company, you'll know. I mean, there's a reason, and the reason why is uh, here's what uh, Kevin Owens said. He was on Pat Lapard's Antipods de Lute in the Prize Fighter, explained why. He said, I will just say that it still ends on January 31st, but not 2022. I will be there for several more years. The decision was rather easy because it was really the best thing for my family. When it comes to that, it's always a fairly easy decision. The WWE has been been my home for seven years, so I have a sense of belonging. Basically, I spent most of my career there. When you look at all the wrestling companies I've wrestled in, WWE, that's where I've been the longest, and that's where I need to be for the next few years. That's how I felt, and that's the decision I made. Once again, it does come down to what is good for him and his family, regardless of fans like it or not. I enjoy the fact that he's that he's doing what he does. I mean, whatever makes him happy. Once again, greedy fan me, let's go. Let me sure. see him on the end. Oh, absolutely. 
fan of like just him as a person I've met and had the pleasure of speaking with and talking to a bunch of times on a personal level. I'm glad that he's doing what's right for his family. Two to three million a year, not counting royalties, incentives, and bonuses. This dude's probably going to make closer to five, six million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, fifteen million dollars for three years—if that's the reported truth. Hey, and here's the other thing: he's in his forties. Like, he's at this point where why would you go and kill yourself to prove what? He's already done that. Mm-hmm. He killed himself on the in the Indies. He made a name for himself on the Indies. Nobody's doubting that he's not one of the toughest, most talented players in the world. Why not make money and go home happy and support your family? No, I absolutely agree with it. I mean, I had no shock about the the decision, and it makes sense for him because, like I say, he's in the later years of his wrestling career. Why go start over somewhere? And granted, you could have some fantastic matches in AEW, and there's no question about that, but it's also a very saturated pool of talent right now, so where are you going to fit in? And then if the downside is you would have to start doing indie dates again. So unless his heart was seriously into going back in the indies, which I'm sure it is to a certain maybe, degree. Maybe, maybe for some artistic reasons. Sure, yeah. but not to not enough of a driving factor when you're getting offered that much money to do what you're doing right now. You're always on WWE TV. You're featured. It's not like you're a forgotten face on the program. I was going to say, there, the, we've talked about this in the past, and we kind of I like to bring this up. You hear a lot of people. You hear a lot of commentators. You hear a lot of fans using kayfabe words words that they don't exactly understand mm-hmm. and one of the biggest one offenders is buried yep kevin owens is far from buried kevin owens is featured on television kevin owens is always one step away from the title picture tomorrow well i mean he is in the title picture for the next pay-per-view but think about it. tomorrow they could be like okay you're going to be in the main event picture tomorrow you're going to win the wwe championship tomorrow and nobody would bat an eye like we're recording as raw raw could end tonight kevin owens could be chump champion out of fucking nowhere and nobody would be like oh man he doesn't deserve that right Everybody would be like, oh, day is normal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's perfectly fine. Or the best place for him to be is the place he is. He's the gatekeeper. Everybody that's going to go to that title, everybody that's going to get a challenge is going to go through Kevin Owens. Everybody's going to have to look like a million bucks, and Owens is going to make them look like a million bucks. The same can be said for Dolph Ziggler. The same can be said for uh, Cesaro. The mm-hmm. reason those guys stay there is because their jobs are fucking safe. Like, we understand that there's a lot of let goes, but they're not going to let go of the guy that makes all these you know, jabronis look like they can wrestle. Right. Like the next big thing that they want to bring up that might not be that great. Kevin Owens is going to make him look like he's the next greatest wrestler, period. I don't know what's going to happen when he gets in there with somebody else, but that's the, that's the job. We talked about it last week a little bit with the Tom McGee stuff. Yeah. You know, that's what you need. Those are the players you need on your team. And at the end of the day, the thing I can't stress the much is wrestling is a work. Like it's real. The injuries are real. The, the bumps and everything bruises are the real. The physicality is real. That's why I'll never say wrestling is fake because wrestling's not fake. But it's a work. It's not like you go out there and the guy who beats you is, is like in a fight is going to be the guy who can really beat you. It's not MMA. Yeah. You know? That's not, that's not what we have here. So what's the shame in losing? Losing doesn't mean anything. That just means the guy in the back with a pencil writes you in as the fucking loser. That's it. It's to tell a story for the most part. Yeah, it doesn't affect the pay grade one scale You know what I mean? And when people were like, Sami Zayn's unhappy. I don't know. Sami Zayn's featured on television currently next to the highest grossing combat sports personality of all time and loving it. He said, he said multiple times, this is the best gig of my career. Yeah. You th- I love that vegan line, by the way. Oh my God. <laughs> Those two are the pairing I never thought I needed, but I can't get enough of right now. Dude, Brock is loving life right now. We've talked it before. I think a happy with wrestling Brock Lesnar, which we never had until like that last run. 
is a great Brock Lesnar. He's he's willing to do some fun things. Yeah, he, he's at a good place, and it's showing to the rest of the locker room there too. I mean, especially with Kevin and Sammy, who I mean, they're always intertwined. Oh yeah, they, uh, throughout their early careers, they've gone together. Yeah. For these two guys, they understand the temp in the room, and they understand where they are, and why leave when you're in a good place right now. Like we could say what we want about WWE and making the releases and such. I get that fully. Yeah, trust me, we're not a fan of it. Also, we're not a fan of necessarily the decisions booking. Correct. But if it's a good place for them as wrestlers to be at, they're making money, they're having great times doing what they do, and what they love doing is performing. By all means, more power to them. I mean, we also found out this week, let's let's jump the gun, because we're not going to talk about it later. We're going to talk about AEW in the main event, mm-hmm. winners coming, lots of stuff. But let's jump the gun. This week, it came out through a lot of people, and I believe the sources were real. WWE, Fox, and your NBC Universal really, really liked that MJF kid. Yes. And I mean, MJF retweeted some shit out and was just like, once again, hottest free agent of 2024. Yeah. And he's going to go where the money is. So Tony Khan better be ready to spend some money. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> if he wants to keep that kid. No, that kid's good as gone. Oh, Sorry to break into the hearts of AEW fans, but he's good as gone. Yeah. Hey, the the first start step for AEW to keep him is not have him J-O-B to CM Punk. Yes. If he beats Punk, and it's like, okay, get him in a title picture. Come on. What are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. Kid's got a great thing. He's got, he's he's the best. I don't, I didn't necessarily like when they made him a face for a week, but. That was the scariest was a seven weird, days ever. That was a weird time frame in, in the world. We were in Bizarro Land. I get it. They were in Long Island, but, you know, I digress. Like I said, I was not surprised at all Kevin Owens re-signed. I'm not surprised he did it for his family. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why go for the unknown? There's no reason to be a starving artist anymore. Mm-hmm. They continue to make the money you're making. Support your family for years to come. His kids and his grandkids will be able to live off the money he's made. I mean, he's already made millions in WWE. Now he's set to make a hefty chug. Yeah. You're, you're making Randy Orton money. Yeah. Like, that's nothing to be blinked at. That's Randy Orton money. Yes, that's be very proud of that fact. And here's the thing. WWE don't have to give it. A lot of people are like, oh, to stop him from going. Listen, they don't care. They've already shown they don't care who goes. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> Like, they could offer him whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But that shows how valued he is in the company. Well, he's a Vince guy, too. Yeah. Let's be honest. We've seen those 365s and the, and the 24s where he's involved and him and Vince are chatting it up. Like, I mean, of course, the most disappointed moment in Kevin Owens' career was the we talked about the WrestleMania moment when mm-hmm. Vince was just gave him the kind of the head shake no yeah. instead of a thumbs up, and it tore him apart. And then him and Vince had a conversation, and Vince is like, you don't always have to be the best one out there. You just have to do your job. You took a L today? Who cares? Yeah. Come back and show me what you can do. It's not like it ruined you. Yeah, it, it didn't write him off the show. Vince, by any means. The funny part is Vince, when you when Vince is going to take the time to have a talk like that with you, you know he's a, you're a wrestler he wants. Yes. Because he doesn't have to take that time for anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've heard from plenty of guys. Yeah. He never took any time at all. And then hours. there's other guys yeah. like R-Truth, who is his best friend. Which, I, you know what? If I had choices, I'd be best friends with R-Truth. How would you not be? Like, that's awesome. amazing. I, I just I just want to picture Vince and R-Truth rolling around together and uh, getting food and shit. That's got to be hilarious. I just need a reality show of Vince. Just like a day in the life buddy, of buddy cop with him and our truth, him and our truth texting Rob Van Dam two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> for for some reason, I could believe this happened. Yeah, like I. But fully... we know he we know he texts Van Dam. Yeah, just imagine it just phone. Just, you know, By shooting way, missed opportunity there. Oh, the Van Dam should have been the shaman. Yeah, come on. Yeah, not Riddle. Ugh, disappointing. Ugh. Anyways, I digress. See, we don't even we we try to start off on the positive, and we're still shitting on WWE because <laughs> it's like ah Riddle. Yes. No. Van Dam, or Snoop Dogg, 
Snoop Dogg's been doing more work with AEW guys. Yes. Yeah, well, the the what big big show or whatever the yeah yeah he's on that show that. with Cody Rhodes, the Rhodes Lander, your the favorite Ro- wrestler, the Rhodes Lander. By the way, surprisingly enough, not on Winter's Coming. No, I was shocked shitless about that. By the way, we get the we'll Christmas about, gift this week. We'll talk. We'll talk about that later. Though. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, though, yeah, I mean. What can you say? If you guys aren't listening, if you're listening to podcasts, hit us up at Three Founders Pod at OD Parlay Hour. Let us know how you feel about Kevin Owens, uh, you know, resigning. Once again, it's whatever's best for him. I'm not going to shit on the guy for resigning. I understand that some fans would be butt hurt, uh, only because, like me, you're a greedy fan and you want to see, you know, him for yourself. And that I I completely understand that. But I also completely understand taking care of your family and making a shite ton of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, what can you say? But. With that being said, we are going to take a brief break. And uh, during this break, Ken M, we're going to hear our good friends uh, over at Second Suitor. Uh, Would you like to tell them about Second Suitor and a big announcement? So as it stands right now, it's been long rumored, but we are more or less comfortable saying Tyler Reed from Second Suitor will be in studio January 10th to recap New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom with us. We're super excited to get Tyler in. If you're not familiar with Tyler, you can definitely hit him up on Twitter and all the socials. They're fantastic people, and they always put out quality music, so maybe we'll get some more Second Suitor info from him as he's here because, like I said, he's a big wrestling fan, so he's definitely going to be interacting with us on that. Absolutely. Uh, Lusa still have Wednesday to hot shot a match for Roadslander. We'll talk, like I said, we'll talk AEW in the main event, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, we are going to hear from Second Suitor. The song's called You Know It. It's off of Safe Space. You can find that on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. When we, and you'll also, if you're watching on stream, see the information for the ODPH podcast. And uh, when we come back from break, we got a mid-card. We're going to talk some independent wrestling, including our review of GCW Blood on the Hills. And, of course, the New Japan Finals are set. On the, we're on the road to Wrestle Kingdom. All that and more when we come back from this break. From the break, it's time to talk some independent wrestling. Of course, brought to you this week's second. Uh, the mid card is brought to you by independentwrestling.tv. Go there to find all the great independent wrestling around the world uh, in many different styles. And uh, of course, uh, $9.99 a month, independentwrestling.tv. And of course, if you use the promo code ABSOLUTE, you get five days for free to try it out and uh, check out all the software. This past weekend, I did watch some IWTV. We're not going to go over the full shows, but I did watch, because uh, I didn't watch either one in their entirety. i got to mm-hmm. be honest, I'll be watching them now that I'm back at home. Uh, but we did watch uh, both nights of the uh, Christmas shows for H2O. And we also watched Absolute Intense Wrestling's uh, car that they had on where we got a match that turned into it was originally scheduled to be Ethan Page versus Swaggle. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. But then we ended up with a six-man tag match because the Bitcoin boys and the Duke came out and uh, kind of talked some shit. So uh, Swaggle said, I kind of figured this would happen, so we have a partner as well. And that brought out AIW owner John Thorne. Oh, wow. The passion John Thorne returns to the ring, slamming out lariats. Uh, of course, the, the face team took the L, but Ethan Page gave a really nice uh, speech because I hear that he's going to take some time off of doing indie dates for a little while. Mm-hmm. Not, not forever, just a little while. Which I don't blame him. You know, he's probably making a good paycheck right now. But both events were really good. They're up now for On Demand. Also, Beyond Uncharted comes out every week. They're doing some great things. Uh, I know Freelance also had a show that I did not get a chance to watch this week, but I will be watching. The finals of the title tournament were there. Uh, Ego, uh, Robert Anthony against against Mitch. That happened that night. So, once again, I haven't watched it yet because once I was in a hotel room and uh, the internet was a little choppy, brother. A little Mm -hmm. choppy, choppy. Uh, Thankfully... My internet was not the problem for what we're about to talk about because uh, Friday night, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Pacific, we got the return of GCW Wrestling, and it is the last show before I will be in attendance in Atlantic City for the December 31st and December 1st shows, which we will preview next week on Mm -hmm. this program. But we got blood on the hills, or as all of us GCW fans were joking on Twitter, every single show from LA should be known as no single no single, no signal. In the hills which is a former show they did but every time there is an issue with the signal from the Ukrainian center in Los Angeles every time this one was probably the worst though yeah this was the worst and uh you know for all the people out there there were some people I saw in the Twitter chat that were bitching about refunds and everything else come on man they give you a solid card for fourteen dollars I, I saw one fan just was like dude it's fourteen dollars yeah like just part with it to have a great show. This still was a great show, which mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. You missed the match. They put it back out for you on demand. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Technical difficulties, be damned. They've happened to everybody. They happened to WWE. Oh, yeah. They've happened the to one. WCW. They've happened to AEW. Holy shit. BR Live took a big stinky shit all over our last live stream. Yep. All over it. And it wasn't just us. It was many households. That's why fight's back in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Please, please fight for everything. Yes. But... GCW Blood on the Hills did go down on Friday. Like I said, I watched most of it at that night, but I, I was a travel day. I worked all day and then drove two hours to Williamsport, Pennsylvania, watching from a hotel room. And I, I stayed up until about, well, I want to say one o'clock-ish. So it was pretty much a good majority of the show. The next day I woke up and watched the rest because the kid fell out a little bit before me. But let's go over and review the happenings. Like I said, this is the la- this is the next to last show of the year 2021 for GCW. Of course, the last show will be December 31st from Atlantic City, New Jersey. And of course, the first show of the year will be on January 1st for 2022. And you keep the show forever. That's right, Lou. You get the show forever. Yes. You get, you don't, you don't, it doesn't go away. It's, it's a hell of a deal they have. Unless for some reason you delete your account, which that would be dumb. Mm-hmm. So the first matchup was the match that we all missed live, but I have gone back and watched since. Uh, it was a six way scramble match, you know, the classic GCW match. Uh, Ninja Mac defeated Arez, Gringo Loco, Jack Cartwheel, Jimmy fucking Lloyd, and Matt Vandergraff. How about this match, man? This match was in freaking sane. Oh, man. I mean, I'm upset I missed it live, but damn, it was still a great match. Yeah, especially the one spot where was it was a Spanish fly over the top rope. Yeah. To the yeah, it was yeah. like one of the most wildest scenes I've seen. But Ninja fucking Mac. Dude, Ninja fucking Mac, Ninja thing. By the way, doing all this on what could possibly be a fractured ankle. Yeah. We're not quite sure what's wrong with his ankle because he won't go to the doctor. He's putting in nice, but it does not look good, no. and he's still flipping all over the place. I don't know. This man could be stopped. 
This man is on, is is the truth. He go support the hell out of him. I'm just happy to say that we'll be seeing more of him in GCW because his overseas stuff fell apart because of COVID. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm sad that that happened, but I'm happy for myself because that means I'll be seeing him in Atlantic City and at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. Uh, next up, we got the GCW World Tag Team Titles match. Your GCW World Tag Team Champions and also the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. They have both belts. Mm-hmm. The Briscoes, Mark and Jay, defeated Brody King at PCO. This match got 11 minutes and 45 seconds, and Brody King wearing the Crimson Mask. Good fucking God. This match was as brutal as you thought. PCO is indestructible. <laughs> oh, some of the stuff he was taking bumps dude, on. Dude, the, that 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 ba- double backdrop onto the, in, the inverted chairs? Yes. What in the fuck is wrong with him? I, I don't know. And then he did the rocket ship one. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, the rocket ship one. I was like, what? I, I had to drop like my remote. I was like, I'm done. Like I can't even handle and then that, this right that, now. That that swan ton to the outside that no water in the pool. Yeah, like PCO is like 50 years old. By the way, yes. Like what the fuck is going on? He's an insane. And by the way, if this is Brody King's one of his last appearances, which I still think he'll be in the Indies because we obviously know he signed all the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Boy, did he uh, have one hell of a bang there with the. He's, he's great. I love me some Brody King, man. That's a huge win if AEW did sign him, man. I'm just saying. Well, like, that's being reported widely, and I'm assuming that that was who was in the Aleister Black video. We'll talk about it later, but yeah. Yeah. But still a great still a great match from him. And how about them boys? Dude, them boys are always on top, baby. Uh, next up, we had uh, my favorite asshole and the greatest asshole in the wrestling business, Tony Deppin, as he defeated the young gunner Nick Wayne in a 13-minute and four-second match. Man, Nick Wayne. 16 years old. What can he do? The kid's a phenom. You want to talk about the future of the business? GCW has it. Each and every time we see a new face come up through the ranks in GCW, you see you can see the superstar talent in them, and Nick Wayne is one of those guys. Man, this was a fantastic match back and forth. Put on a classic with Tony Deppin, who's one of the best wrestlers in the world. By the way, I want to remind everybody, I will be there in the hammer scene. I'm going to take video of it when he comes out, but I will be singing at the, my loudest, We Built This City. As he comes out on the 23rd of January. Yes. That's what he's asked, all fans. So we're going to spread the word. We're going to probably try to sing that in Atlantic City as well. I'm sure it'll happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely hammer scene. Get ready for some We Built This City to bring him to the ring. Because Tony Deppin, definitely. And uh, once again, if you don't believe he's the biggest asshole in wrestling, he did beat Demonic Flamita in a match in GCW between the Battle of the Assholes. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty fucking spot on for both. And I mean that in the best way possible. Next up is the match I thought we'd get later in the night, but we didn't. We had the team Bussy, Ali, Catch, and Effie defeated the Cardonas, Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona in 13 minutes, 11 seconds. And for a minute, I was worried like this was going to be the same old shit, normal Cardona match, but it wasn't. Uh, Chelsea Green getting some uh, color in the match, too, was so, quite surprising. I was very happy to see Chelsea Green really step up in this match and, and really kind of steal the show from everybody involved because this has been one of the best storylines they've had going in GCW for a while, and this delivered on all the fronts. Yeah, and at the end of the match, uh, after Effie and Allie catch win, uh, Matt Cardona gets the microphone. He says he's tired of this shit. He built GCW. There's no Hammerstein without him, and he's tired of the shit, so he told Brett he could fuck off, and he quits. Yes, the vignettes they've been doing, and especially his online Twitter game involved in this. Uh, he lost his smile. Yes. That was one of them. They have given uh, GCW their uh, service and uh, wish them luck in their future yes, endeavors. Yes, they, he, he, they have released GCW yes. Wrestling. Yes. Wish them well in their future endeavors. Uh, Lou says that was probably one of the best mixed tags I've ever seen. Made perfect sense. Absolutely. Great match. I loved it. Can't ask for more. 
Next up, and do not change the channel or correct your your whatever you're listening to us in, because this is a real thing. For the ROH World Championship in a pure rules match, your champion Jonathan Gresham defeated Black Death, the motherfucking truth. truth, AJ Gray, and uh, this match got 11 minutes, 10 seconds. And I want to point out, AJ Gray can wrestle, folks. Mm-hmm. For those of you who did not think he could wrestle, or those out there that didn't think he could wrestle, not only can he wrestle, he can wrestle very well. Uh, this was a good match, and the end... Yeah. The end of the match. Jonathan Gresham goes for the handshake. AJ Gray blows him off. This was interesting. I, I hope that we're going to see this get ran back. I mean, these two had great chemistry in the ring. Jonathan Gresham is the best wrestler on the planet of our none. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's up for any debate. And the fact he's defending the ROH title right now while ROH is on hiatus, I think is brilliant. All pure wrestling rules, too. So yep. this is something that I, I think fans can definitely get excited about. And if ROH is coming back, and we all hope it does, this is something to keep fans definitely engaged with in that time. Well, well, that'll come up in a second as well. Next match on the card. This match, two guys who made their name in GCW and in the Indies. And it was a GCW match between the two of those guys that got them both signed at World Wrestling Entertainment. We got to run it back tonight with them both back in the Indies. Of course, Blake Christian defeated Alex Zane, 14 minutes, 21 seconds. And these two guys do shit in the ring that shouldn't even be possible. Mm -hmm. That opening between the two guys, where they were going back and forth with a classic standoff, but with flips and dips and everything else it could be in while shaking each other's hands. Holy shit. This is my new fight forever. These guys absolutely stepped their game up. And we already said in GCW and the Indies, they really made their marks. WWE, in my opinion, really dropped the ball with them. But their loss is our gain. And what can you say about Blake Christians right now? Dude, Blake Christian, as he keeps saying, he wants to prove that he's the best in the fucking world, his exact words. At the end of this match, he uh, first of all, he did thank his brother, Alex Zane, as he was going to the back, as they very much respect each other. And then he got on the mic. Of course, there was a little mic issues. That was the only time we had issues, not on purpose. Mm. And uh, he said, you know, hey, I told you guys I want to be the best in the fucking world. And that means anything. That means I can wrestle any style. I can wrestle anyone. And he said, I know you're already in your taxi to the airport. Jonathan Gresham, though, hear me out. I need a time, a place, and a reason with you. And I got all of them. So the time, January 23rd, Hammerstein Ballroom. The reason... That ROH world title on the line. Sign me up. Blake Christian has challenged, hopefully to be accepted, Jonathan Gresham for the ROH world title in New York City, the Hammerstein Ballroom, January 23rd. What a match this is going to be. These two guys might steal the show. Oh, this could be the the, the greatest, greatest. And also, I love the fact that the Ring of Honor title could definitely be on the line in the Hammerstein once again, which is one of the homes of Ring of Honor. That'll be awesome. And these two guys, so much win, so much win. 23rd is going to be a huge show. We know that already. And with the addition of this match, possibly, I'm I'm assuming it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Let's fucking go. Uh, Next up, we had our last match before intermission, which was the last match also before the main event. And that was Jacob Fatu and Matthew Justice wrestled to a no contest, 11 minutes, 15 seconds. Let's talk about the match first. Uh, We knew that this was going to be two dudes beating the shit out of each other. And it did not disappoint. No, this was not for the squeamish. This was not for the weak at heart. These two guys went in and tried kicking the shit out of each other. 
But then we get into the fact that we know that Starboy Charlie was in the audience early in the night. MLJ had interviewed him. His mom was there with him. He's still in the cast. At some point, Jacob Fatu and Juicy Finwa uh, cheated mm-hmm. to beat up on uh, Matthew Justin, take him out for a minute. And then they took their time and grabbed Starboy Charlie. His mom tries to defend him. I know Keita Murray came out from the back. A lot of guy B-Boy was out there trying. And uh, they proceeded to put an ass whooping on a very injured Starboy Charlie. The crowd was not happy. And uh, Matthew Justice got his second win, did make the save. But the damage could have already been done. Uh, what are you thinking about Jacob Fatu and Juicy Finwat picking their spot? at GCW Blood on the Hills. They're picking their spot, but one of two things is going to happen. Okay, you went after Matthew Justice, SGC. Never, never a good idea. It's never a good idea. Old Mancer's going to be back sooner or later. Yeah, and if those two show up at the Hammerstein, uh, trust me, Mance Warner will get involved. <laughs> <laughs> injury, injury well, you know, you can, you can have AJ fucking Gray is going to be involved. Yeah. He, he might not have a match. You got There's so many options, but Mance could be there. Mance could be there, too. And uh, on Starboy's side, don't forget about the Dirty Daddy. Dirty Daddy's nursing an injury, but eventually he'll be back in the ring. That's going to be bad news for both Jacob Fatu and Juicy. Yeah, so I'm loving this storyline purpose because it could go any direction. Uh, I don't don't care where it goes because I'll be happy with either setup, though. No, I agree. By the way, next up, we had the intermission because they did it right for GCW. We didn't get two intermissions, which happens sometimes on yes. these shows. Not GCW. GCW never does it. But other shows out there, I will be judgmental about it, have given me two intermissions for no reason mm-hmm. because they give you the one and then the setup match. But no, we took intermission right before the main event because the ropes came down and they were replaced by barbed wire. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, the main event, no ropes barbed wire death match. Atticus Coger defeated Jordan Oliver in 28 minutes, four seconds in a barbed wire match. What the fuck? This match, though, lived up to everything mm-hmm. that I thought it was. Jordan Oliver is not a deathmatch wrestler. No. But he still made do and yes, did a very did. good job. Atticus, can, not only can he wrestle, but he's also a deathmatch wrestler. They had a great story that they continue to tell. I don't think this story is still over. No, it's not. Atticus gets another win. Uh, you know, Jordan Oliver still can't get the, the, the W in a singles match against Atticus. And, but he did meet him in his world in the barbed wire and earned a lot of respect in the process. How'd you feel about the barbed wire? No ropes barbed wire death match between these two young superstars. This was one of the wildest shit I've ever seen because of being what you just said. Two of the youngest superstars right now going in the game. Atticus Kogar, if you're not fully on board with how great he is in the ring, and how much of a character he is. One of the best heels, if not the best heel in the business. This solidified it, bar none. Jordan Oliver, we've been screaming about, is the legit right now of the business. All you know, If he doesn't get signed by a major, it's a shame. But hey, their mistake is our gain because this kid is doing the work. Had amazing chemistry going in with this, especially with Oliver not being a deathmatch guy. That's the one takeaway you have to have with this is this was completely new to him, but he looked right at home. Like that was the the one thing I was sitting there going, man, he is very comfortable with this. Because let's face it, we've seen other people in deathmatches that are not used to this, and it is a very long feeling out process. Rightfully so, not shitting on them by any means. However, though, we get to one spot. And that is when they had the door set up in the corner of the ring and they lit that thing on fire. <laughs> and I don't think they realized how much it was lit on fire. And I loved how they called the audible 
and not through the uh, opponent in there. They went to the ropes first, and then they went to back to break the yeah, door. Yeah, after the fire died down slightly. Yeah, bit. yeah, that would have been bad. Oh man, that was it was a great match. It, it reminded you of the feud why they hate each other. At the end of the day, Atticus Coger gets the win, steals another one, and uh, he's off to December thirty first, and he's uh, going to get a match. I guess a young, another young gunner on December thirty first in New Jersey as well. Not Nick Wayne, not Jordan Oliver for once. Uh, but he is he is going to go against he's he's just picking them off mm-hmm. one by one. That is his goal is to pick off every young kid in GCW, and he might do so. But I think Jordan Oliver is going to have something to say about that. I'm fully expecting something to happen on the 31st, and we get Jordan Oliver versus uh, Atticus on the first, or in the hammer scene on the 23rd. What do you think would be the more blow off match for this feud? I mean, we've already done no real barbed wire. It's it's well, I think you have to go to a straight wrestling match. Honestly, I think that that's what the thing is. Maybe Jordan has to take what Jordan has to do is interfere and piss off Atticus more and just say, hey, listen, the only way you can get things done is when you use weapons. So how about you prove you're better than me in a regular wrestling match? I was going to say, you think they go steel cage? They might. But I would also I would actually I think that in this case, because of how we how the feud is built, mm-hmm. it would actually make more sense to actually just be in a regular wrestling okay. match. And the reason why is because it has every if you look at it, Atticus is always using the skewers yeah. or always using a chair or fireworks yes. or you know, fireballs or, you know, barbed wire. Like they haven't had that straight one on one wrestling match. And I think that sometimes that is actually the build, even though it doesn't sound like a blow off in a feud where one party keeps cheating to win. In a hardcore sense, and it says that he's the better wrestler. Maybe you have to prove it in a real wrestling match. Okay. Although just... a cage match would be cool too. I'm, I, there's there's many different ways you can handle it. I'm just saying that this is kind of work backwards syndrome. A lot of people always think the gimmick match should come last. It's true, but in this case, it would make more sense for the regular match to come and and then Atticus lose because then you could continue the feud on for a longer period of time because then yeah I beat him all these times but he beat me in a regular match and then he has to be the he has to be the chaser now yeah no I just want to pick your brain about that because I was very curious about that because I'm like where do you go from here yeah it's it's hard but I think in this one you're building it almost in reverse mm-hmm. which is it sounds weird to say but it definitely makes sense well GCW will be back for all of you GCW fans on Friday night December 31st New Year's Eve from Atlantic City New Jersey at the carousel room at the showboat hotel. And uh, I will be there live and in person as I will be there for uh, the following night. So for night one is called uh, Till Infinity and night two is called uh, Die for This. Mm-hmm. Of course, we know night two will be headlined by John Wayne Murdoch challenging Alex Colon for the GCW Ultra Violent Championship in a fucking death match. Yo. And uh, God knows what else because we have all the bookings next week. We will go over the entire review as we build into it. I am pumped because I will be in the carousel room. And I got little, I'm, I'm literally almost a week away. Just a little over yeah. a week away from being in the carousel room at the showboat again for the weekend with Diesel and the kid. And we're going to have a great time. But we will break it down next week for you. But we have one more piece of business to take care of right here in the mid card. Let's go. And that is, of course, New Japan Update. And uh, we have we have the winners. So winning the best of the Super Juniors in a great match against the surprise of Yo was the ticking time bomb, Hamaru Takahashi. And the best of the t- Super uh, the Tag Team League was won by the Chaos Team of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, which was super surprising to Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Not at all. Uh, but we are lining up for 
the event that's coming up, and we will be breaking this event down not this upcoming week, but the uh, two weeks from today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be breaking it down before January 4th for Wrestle Kingdom. But uh, real quick, there has been some matches announced. Let me run through them real quick. We are going to finally get the the grudge match, Yo versus Show. Let's go. Uh, we are also going to get a six-man tag team match. Hiro- this is all on the 4th, by the way, night one. We're going to get Hiroshi Tanahashi and the mega coaches, uh, Taguchi and Rocky Romero, taking on the Bullet Club team of Kenta, Taji Ishimori, and El Fantasmo. We're going to get another six-man tag match. Los Ingrinables de Japón, Tatsu Unido, Sonata, and Bushi taking on the United Empire team of Will Osprey, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. Let's go. We're going to get Sabata. He's put out an open challenge. We don't know who he's going against, but Shibata is back. He will be fighting on January 4th. Uh, we are going to have the Never Openweight Championship on the line. Tomohiro Ishii defending against Evil. That should be a good match. For the IWGP Tag Team Championships, we just mentioned the Chaos Team of Goto and Hashi won, so they will be going against the IWGP Tag Team Champions, the Dangerous Techers, Tai Chi, and Zack Sabre Jr., mm. representing Suzuki Goon. Right. Of course, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, your champion representing Suzuki Goon, El Desperado, will go against the ticking time bomb, Hamaru Takahashi. And in the main event of the January 4th Night 1 event, we will have for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Shingo Tagagi defending against the winner of the G1 Climax, Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker. Uh, Noted for Night 2 already, we have some matches coming up. We have a three-way tag match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles. Your champions, the Flying Tiger, Robbie Eagles, and Tiger Mask, taking on Bullet Club's cutest tag team. Taji Ishimori and El Fantasmo versus the Mega Coaches, Taguchi and Rocky Romero. Uh, in another tag team match, we'll have Mayu Ayatani and Starlight Kid taking on Tom Nakano and Saya Kamatani. Uh, there'll be a four-way for the provisional KOPW 2022 trophy, which they have not announced the participants yet. Uh, we'll have a six-man for the Never Open Way six-man tag titles, House of Torture, Evil, uh, Yujiro Takahashi and Sho, who are your champions, will be challenged by the chaos team of Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, and Yo. So Gosh- uh, Hashi and uh, Goto could be walking out double champs. That could be something. In a singles match, we will get Sonata taking on the Great Okan. We will also have uh, Tetsuo Naito versus Jeff Cobb. We will have in a no disqualification match for the IWGP United States title, Kenta, your champion, defending against Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace. Mm. And, of course, in the main event of that evening, we will have for the IWGT, uh, the undisputed IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. We're going to put it to best. And they, the night one, it was specifically not the world. Night two is the world because it's going to be champion versus champion. We're going to put it to bed. You'll have the winner of night one, either Shingo Tagagi or Kazuchika Okada, Going up against the man who still claims to be the world title because he world champion because he never lost it, Will Osprey. Somebody's walking out the undisputed IWGP World's Heavyweight Champion on night two of Wrestle Kingdom. So we'll have all that and more. We'll have a preview show for you. Uh, we won't have all that stuff until two weeks from tonight. But little touch base where we're going. We're on the road to Wrestle Kingdom in New yes, Japan we Wrestling. Are. And if you want to check out Wrestle Kingdom on January fourth or fifth. Also, mind you, you don't have to watch it live because it comes on super early. We're talking 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of watching it live, you can always watch it on demand because it will be up for demand right away. Over on njpwworld.com, it's worth it. 999 yen. Don't get scared away by the price. That is works out to be a little over $9 American. This is a perfect time to jump in, even if you only jump in for that mat night, uh, for those two nights. 
It's a great time. Wrestle Kingdom is always worth it. We will be watching. We will be covering it. And, of course, we will be joined on January 10th when we are live for 607 TWS. We'll be joined by our good friend Tyler Reed from Second Suitor to talk New Japan Pro Wrestling. How excited are you for this year's Wrestle Kingdom? Sounds like a dope card. I'm very, very intrigued by the main event. Uh, this is going to answer a lot of questions. I already got my pick, but I want to let it fester for a couple weeks, and then obviously we, we do the preview show, see if I keep it. But I don't, I don't want to give anything away, but it's looking solid, though. But re- New Japan always does a great job with Wrestle Kingdom. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know what? We have our friends. Uh, they're called the Jasons. They're from West Virginia. We talk about them. If you guys don't know them, they're a punk rock band, and every member of the band dresses up like Jason Voorhees. Different iterations. Sometimes yes. mom as well. But uh, they have a new album out. Oh. New album out. It's called Jarvis House. Hmm. Ah. And uh, off of that album, there's a song called Murder at Jarvis House. You're going to hear that during this break. If you're watching on stream, you're going to see the 3FN information. When we come back, though, it will be main event time. And we're talking All Eat Wrestling. Winter is coming and what they're doing next right after this break. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! That is right, it is time to rumble, it is time for the main event for this week, 607 TWS, and it is time to talk about AEW Wrestling. And this past week, we had the Winter is Coming a special, if you will, mm-hmm. for AEW Dynamite, and let's let's you know you know let's do it right in order. Sure, but it's going to be mostly this. This they actually started off hot and heavy, mm-hmm. as in the opening contest for the evening for the AEW World Championship, Hangman Adam Page wrestled the American Dragon Brian Danielson to a sixty-minute time limit draw. First of all, let's talk about the match before I get to the ending. This match, phenomenal match. Yes. Five-star match, mm-hmm. easily. One of the greatest hour-long matches I've ever seen. They caught a great pace. They told a great story. We had we had a little bit of everything in this match. It went back and forth. At one point, Junction, I didn't know who was going to win. But then, when I heard the five-minute warning, I knew exactly what we were going to get. Hmm. 
What is your thoughts on the match before we get to the finish? Uh, great match, but yet again, a botched ending in my opinion. Well, I know a lot of people out there were in love with even the ending, but I was also not in love with the ending. I thought this was a five-star match regardless. Yes, I Don't agree Don't fuck you. about what the ending was. Five-star match, take nothing away. What I just said it. One of the greatest hour-long matches I've ever seen in my life. My problem is, is this is the first major title defense for one Hangman Adam Page. Yes. This was the first time the Hangman Adam Page went one-on-one with Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. So going to a one-hour time limit draw, in my opinion, where do we go from here so like the next time they wrestle it can't be a, like a 37 minute match right where either man wins like because that just doesn't look right it took you guys an hour and you couldn't get the victory but 37 minutes yeah also i want to point out the fact that mjf got to make a great point of this that i have beaten both hangman page uh, and uh kenny omega in the past mm. and it didn't take me an hour and 30 minutes like it did brian danielson i.e i'm greater than brian danielson He's not wrong. No, this just was a very puzzling call to make, especially we just come off the heels of the Long Island show where Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson went to a 30-minute draw. So in your first title offense of your homegrown champion, which the ones that the AEW faithful have been with since day one, he gets in the ring and can't get the job done, and you book Brian Danielson so super strong that now the question is, where are we going from here? And the only thing I can see, but I'm not excited about this, as you can tell by the tone of my voice, we're going to have to do like a two out of three falls match. No, that's where you're going to have to go. So once again, you're not going to accept the 37-minute match mm-hmm. after you've seen an hour time limit draw. Right. That's why it's a weird placing. So first of all, I want to, like some people who are, who are looking at the Broadway and like the history, see, so one hour time limit draw is also known as a Broadway in kayfabe terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason the Broadway became a popular uh, thing in the wrestling business is back in the day of the territories, specifically in the NWA, you had the one NWA world champion who went from territory to territory, always fighting the territory's top guy. And in those matches, the guy wasn't slated to win the belt, but you also couldn't make the top guy in the territory look like shit. Right. So what you would do is you would wrestle to a time limit draw, and the time limit was always 60 minutes. So guys like Ric Flair and Harley Race would wrestle to like five time limit draws a week back then or more Mm. because they weren't slated to lose the match. Later on, Dusty Rhodes would create the Dusty finish, which made it a lot easier. You didn't have to go 60 minutes. That's where you think that the face won and technically the heel won because of shenanigans or shoulder up or whatever. Right. But you made the crowd happy and pop for the moment. And you can only do that so much. So anyways, that is the birth of what the Broadway was. So now in the regular terms of wrestling nowadays, we don't have the territory. You don't have to protect the champion or challenger like that. Now, when used right, when used right, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to use a perfect example, it is a good way to stretch out another match. Perfect example of this, Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada in their million-and-a-half star matches. Yes. Which I have no argument for. Some of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen in my life. Match one at Wrestle Kingdom, Okada wins. Mm -hmm. Match two during the G1 Climax, Omega sneaks one out in the time limit to win at the Climax during a round match. Next time these two guys face, it is a one-hour time limit draw to which we see Okada trying to outstretch that arm onto Omega to get the pin, but he misses. He can't get it. Now, in the backstory of this whole story, Omega keeps saying, if I ever hit you with the one-winged angel, it's over. And mind you, three matches, no one-winged angel. 
So now Okada says, hey, I want to prove definitively I'm better than Omega. We've had three matches, but one went to draw. I am challenging him for the IWGP title. Mind you, Okada's champion. Challenges him, but now we don't want a time limit. So to get around the time limit with no time limit, that's two down to three falls. And of course, we get the classic Okada wins the first fall, which took like 40 some minutes. Yeah, it was something insane. Then the second fall comes a little bit after the hour mark with Omega winning. And then, like, it's an hour 22 or something. I'd have to look it back up, but it's right around there to get that third and final victory. And he uses the one winged angel finally after all of that mm. to win the match and the title. And that is when it worked out because you used the time limit draw as a way to extend the feud one more match that meant something. Yeah. And all those matches were bangers. With this, you're doing it the first match. It makes it a little hard. Because then where do you go? If if next match, Brian Danielson dethrones him the next time they fight and it's 37 minutes, people are going to go, well, what happened to the hour? If the same thing goes for Hangman Page. Punch Timeline says, I can see the rematch having a definitive winner because it seems more set in reality. I think the Freddie Edgar versus Gray Maynard trilogy, Frankie uh, fucking finished that with the last fight with the authority. That's true. But with the first fight going to an hour it kind of pigeonholes you for what's next. Right. Because you aren't going to believe that the other guy's going to sneak a victory. Yeah, the, the time length of that match is what's the big X factor that's causing all the problems. Had they had a normal 30-minute match, okay, sure. And then if they did the Smaz finish here again, I could stomach it a little better. But the fact you went an hour, didn't have the finish, it just really makes a very short list of how you can do a rematch and have it make some kind of sense. Now, I want to repoint out. We both think this move match is great. Oh, it's a fantastic match. It. Yeah, absolutely. It's an amazing match. It's just that you're really in a weird spot for the finish, in my opinion. And I don't know where you go from here. I really don't because, like I said, you can't just sneak out a victory now because somebody's going to be like, well, wait a minute. What happened? It's weird how wrestling logic works. And also, now you're at the beginning where nobody won. So now if you're going to do a trilogy, you technically have to do four fights. Unless you have two straight won by somebody. Yeah. Which no. makes somebody look real weak. Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm I I have this sinking suspicion. Like I, they need to give Page a little bit of time with the belt, especially he's got to go defend it between now and then from Brit Danielson. Like he needs to have a win under his belt before he fights Danielson. So this match took up uh, on TV time. Uh, we were into like ten minutes past the hour, mm -hmm. which Sounds is fine. Like I'm fine with it. So I'm f I'm still fine that this match went long. I just don't like the ending. I think that Page should have gotten like like as time was expiring, gotten the pin or something. Yeah, showing that he still got the clean cut victory. They still fought for an hour. It doesn't take anything away from somebody. Losing doesn't take away from people, believe it or not. If done right, you can lose all the time, and it doesn't take away from you. It's mm. it's how wrestling works. But uh, let's go into the rest of the show. In a, in a why the fuck did this even happen match, Wardlow took on Matt Seidel uh, and defeated him minute 43. By the way, we just remind everybody during those matches about patreon.com slash productions <laughs> Seriously, this match had no fucking purpose. I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I don't understand the love affair they had about trying to push Wardlow, giving three power bombs to Matt Seidel, like pushing him to the, he's going to do the eventual face turn. Like, this could have been done on AEW Dark. This could have been done on Rampage. Why take time away from a primetime show special that you're hyping up just to have him squash side out? Like, it didn't make any sense to me. Uh, next up, we had the uh, grudge match uh, where Sheeta defeated Serena Deeb in 12 minutes and 46 seconds via pinfall. I feel like they could have given this the two minutes that you basically had in the Wardlow match. And also, here's going to be my other point. This was a really good match between these two ladies. You could have also given them a couple extra minutes of time if you would have gotten rid of all the damn promo packages for Rampage that uh. nobody cared about. Those were some of the worst. Varsity Blondes, I'm looking at you. This 
should have got more time. Serena Deeb and Hiroko Shida was amazing of the story build. They've been doing it right, this budding rivalry between them, and they've put on fantastic work. But they felt rushed in this match, and you could definitely tell in the pacing they were doing. This was not as crisp as it could have been. It's not a shot at both of those women. I think they're both fantastic wrestlers. Oh, yeah, I think they were great. I think but, they, I, I wish they would have had a few extra moments. Exactly, because if they had that, that would have been a perfect match. It would have been a five-star match, in my opinion. But they were really forced with the hands to really get you know going like this. The, the hands of time were not on their side for this. No, and like I said, we had some useless, in my opinion, useless promos that we didn't need. And then we got another promo that we did need in between this. This is where we got the Alistair, or sorry, Mac Malachi Black. Mm. Somebody's gonna sue someone's ass. Uh, promo where you know we get a guy who he blows the black mist into his face, and we hear you know you were a king and now you can be much more, and we're all assuming that's Brody King, and Brody King and Malachi Black will be a thing, and he's building a little empire. I think Julia Hart is gonna become. A bad guy. I think that's what's going to happen in this Griff Garrison versus Malachi yeah. Black match. Nobody cares about. Nobody. But at least, at least I think she's going to become evil and be on that team as well. Just saying. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the storyline. Yeah, and I'm even okay if Brody King is the guy because I'm assuming it is Brody King. I'm just waiting for be a Swervin's going to be Rhodes Lander, dude. If it's Rhodes Lander, I'm fucking out. I'm going to be cursing a. Storm when was he the up. king though? Oh, in his own mind. That's true. Allegedly. Allegedly. All right, so that's the main event of Dynamite time. And we got, for the AEW Dynamite Diamond Ring, the third time in history we've done this, MJF, for the third time in history, defeats Dante Martin this year by a VS submission, 12 minutes and 25 seconds. We did get what we called for, shenanigans, because mm-hmm. Ricky Starks did definitely cost Dante Martin this match. But that's not the important part of this match. Good match, by the way. I just want to put that over. Oh, I thought good these match. guys did well. Dante Martin's a fast up becoming star. MJF is a star. Very good. But the important part comes at the end of the match. I really want to talk about this. So the uh, FTR comes out. We start to beat down on Dante Martin after the match because why the fuck not? Mm. The lights go out. Now, FTR's in the ring. The lights go out. Most of the AEW fan base are independent wrestling fans. Who did the fans think was coming to the ring when the lights came back on? Briscoes. Absolutely. Especially after the last time the lights went out mm-hmm. was at the ROH show. Yeah, final battle. And the FTR showed up. Okay. When the lights come back on, it's in fact Sting and Darby Allen. To which the greatest thing in wrestling history happens. There is an audible uh, literally. You can hear the crowd go. Yeah. Uh, you heard the air let out of the arena. And then they're quiet for a couple minutes before they start chanting CM Punk, to which Punk comes out to call the personality and saves the day. Send the crowd home happy, brother, brother, brother. You know, it is what it is. But, oh, and then Punk becomes the matchmaker because Punk then says, I think this coming up this week on Dynamite, correct? I believe so. We're going to have Sting and Darby Allin with CM Punk, so six-man tag, taking on FTR and MJF in a six-man tag match. And he said he doesn't care if they liked it or not. So I do believe that's coming up this Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. But, (laughs) but... With that being said, can you believe... I just thought it was crazy that the crowd just went... Uh, yes, it is this Wednesday. Yes. Thank you for confirming that. Thank you to AEW for sending us these nice photos. To let us know. Uh, also this week, we're, 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 we're getting a present from Adam Cole. Yes. Which possibly could be Kyle O'Reilly. We'll talk about that in a second, though. Uh, how do you feel about the Audible? How do you feel? What do you think the crowd was telling AEW right there? 
Listen, the one thing, love it or hate it, the AEW fan base is based in the internet. They do follow most of the indies. They're very on top of things. So when you hit the lights, everybody thought it was going to be the Briscoes. Everybody. I thought it was going to be. I was At the end of the match, I was like, wow, that was anticlimactic, the way the match finished. And then the lights went on. I'm like, oh, this could get good. That's exactly what I messaged you. And then instantly, I'm like, never mind. Yes. So... When you pull this ruse on everybody, you know, it just, it wasn't flying over. Like, I'm sorry. I don't, in my opinion, I don't think the fan base is that sold on Sting and Darby as a tag team that, you know, they really want to see them in a title picture. I'm sorry. That is my opinion. So doing this, I think that that fan base was echoing my statement. Absolutely. Oh, we got up the uh, Christmas day. Oh, this is the Christmas present I was alluding to. Oh, so, so so the Christmas we got a we got an announcement. Rampage Holiday Bash will be going down on Christmas Day, so Saturday mm-hmm. at nine p.m. It says nine p.m. And what is the announcement? Well, it was announced Cody Rhodes, the Rhodes Lander, is about ready. I mean, uh, is going to be facing Sammy Guevara and for, for the TNT championship. for the TNT title. So he, Cody's about ready to become champion, in my opinion. So so we have that announcement. Yep. Uh so next week, uh, this upcoming Dynamite, they have some good stuff going on. I mean, I will be interested in that six-man. Don't get me wrong. Even though I know, I wish it was the Briscoes and Punk, but still. I mean, it's still going to be a cool six-man where we get FTR and MJF on Dynamite. Oh, yeah. It, it, like, it's going to be a solid show for what, what they have lined up for it. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in to see it. I'm just saying for, like, with all the hype that they've had around the Briscoes and FTR, it would have made a ton more sense to do. And no, I don't think the Briscoes are coming out this week on Dynamite. I think that this match between the Briscoes and FTR, you can lock and load it. Hammerstein Ballroom. That's what I've been saying. Only because I'm a greedy fan that wants to see it for myself. But I'm telling you right now, I think it makes the most sense. It has that cool indie vibe to it. It doesn't really mesh too much about having outsiders come into AEW. I don't care about the Forbidden Door. This is a feud that is definitely outside of AEW. So it makes a lot more sense for this to happen outside of AEW. Yeah. I, I like I said, overall, I think they're going and they they went in the right direction. Uh, after the, I mean, you, the problem with this show, the problem with Winter is Coming, is simple. Uh, you had this great one hour draw match. Let's just say whether I like the hour draw or not is inre- irrelevant. It was a five star match, match of your candidate. It was a great match, and then after that, it was like this squash match, sandwiched in a squash match, a really good women's match. It mm-hmm. could have been better with a little more time, but still really good. And then the main event was eh, at best. I mean, it told a story, which is nice, but it was still eh, at best. I think it was neither guy's best work, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad match. I, I just think that, I mean, with Martin and the feud with Team Taz, you knew there was going to be some hijinks going on there. And, I mean, they were kind of, I don't want to say rushing through the match either to like Sheeta and, and Diesel, but I think they had a lot of hands saying, okay, let's get going. Hands of time obviously is go, is playing a factor too. And I think that Martin was kind of pressing himself in my opinion. I agree. Uh, I guess that I, I, I had no problem, but I think the, the, the sales were let out because of that first opening contest. Oh yeah. I think the hour long match took it out and it has to be, cause it's a great match. It's a great match, but just when you have a finish like that, everybody as Billy Ray once put it, everybody just remembers the finish. Nobody remembers the befores paraphrase. I think I think you have pulled up for Holiday Bash. We got the uh, second coming of Hook. Well, yeah, I was going to say we're on Hook Watch here at at six or seven TWS and taking on Bear Bronson to Rampage. Rampage could be interesting with how they're lighting this up for Christmas Day. And it's on Saturday. Yes, Saturday night, nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. TNT. 
The last one before the big... No. No. The Rampage is staying on TNT. Yes. Dynamite is what's moving. Yes. Uh, Originally, both were moving, but now, for some reason, Rampage is staying. I'm not quite sure why, but kudos to it. Uh, I can't wait. Once again, special special night. Yes. It's on a Saturday instead of Friday. People will be home. It should do good numbers. I'm hoping that's what happens, and that's what they're hoping for as well. But we'll see. Uh, Next week, we'll uh, fill in on all the things there, but uh, man... I still think it was a great match. Didn't like the finish, but outside of that, I think that I also think that they need to book things a little differently. The main event should have been the hour-long match. Mm-hmm. Reason I say that is because I think that the other matches would have had more crowd, in, you know, reactions because everybody was spent after an hour. Yes. You can't do a great hour and have the crowd be fresh as a daisy. No, I mean, it, but that's the thing. It, when you do such an epic match like that, like how are you going to top that? That's the problem you have. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, like literally you don't. But, yeah. you know, hey, it is what it is. Outside of that, though, great night of action, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Like I said, there's some good storytelling going on. I hope it just continues. And uh, the one piece that I'm still puzzled about is that hour-long draw because I, d- I just don't know. I, I don't and know. especially off the heels of the Omega. That's, that's the thing that irks me the most. You so now Brian Danielson has wrestled two guys to a time limit draw in his time in AEW. Yeah, like so. What he can't is is the story he can't get the job done. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm, I'm confused as well. You're but, looking him way too super strong, in my opinion. Well, with that being said, we're going to keep our eyes on it. Though once again, great match, match of the year candidate. We'll see where that falls into the Brodies come the first of the year. Mm. With that being said, though, that is going to bring us to the end of 607 TWS this week, KM. Uh, real quick, tell the folks once again where to find yourself in the Ocho Duro Parlour Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media accounts. Check out Parlay Points. New comics blogs dropping. Parlay Points is also going to have a blogs account anywhere. I'm going to hammer one out. Rest assured for this week to hype in for AEW Rampage. Now after seeing what's going to be unfolding. T Public Store. Now is the perfect time to go get a Parlay Club shirt as well as some new designs we have in the store. All of that. So much more. odphpodcast.com. Keeping it sweet and simple. Everything, Three Fat Nerds and 8122 Productions, 8122productions.com. Find out about Three Fat Nerds, Horizon 607, and 607TWS. Of course, if you'd like to speak with me, I'm on all social medias under Three Fat Nerds Pod. Throw an at in front of you if, if you have to, but come, come ahead and chat with me. I'm always open to a conversation. Uh, last but certainly not least, uh, you know, I, I just got to say, it is the holiday season. I want to wish everybody a happy holiday yes, season. Happy holidays. Uh, no matter what you uh, celebrate, whether it's Christmas, Kwanzaa, or anything in between, or if you just celebrate hanging out with family, that's cool shit too, man. But I hope everybody has a good time this week and enjoys their time with their friends and family. I hope you enjoy wrestling. I know IWTV's got some independent wrestling stuff that will be coming up, believe it or not. Also, obviously, AEW is running Rampage on Christmas night, which is awesome. Uh, In between now and then, we've got NXT, Dynamite, SmackDown uh, for all those people that watch all of it. So there's a lot of good wrestling action going down. Next week, we will be back. We will be previewing the GCW shows in... uh, Atlantic City for mm-hmm. the following week. We'll also be talking any news that comes up between now and then and so much more. But once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Before we go, you will hear our, our good friend Second Suitor once again as they play One Winged Angel. They're owed to New Japan Pro Wrestling and the cleaner, Kenny Omega. It takes us out every week, but shout outs to them. Once again, Tyler should be on the show on January 10th, recapping uh, the uh, Wrestle Kingdom pay per views. Mm-hmm. With that being said, though, th- folks, once again, once again, happy holidays. For myself, for Ken M, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. 
And last but certainly not least, later wrestling fans! Ah! Top ropes, one.